Hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to a mini episode just before Infinity War. Uh, I thought just a quick wrap up here for... Uh, everything that has come before this. Um, I'm so grateful to all the people who joined me for this podcast, sat down, watched these movies, uh, even though all of them had, you know, such a range of uh, enthusiasm and interest in these movies. They were willing to just be a friend and share some enthusiasm with, with me. And everybody found something really to like about these movies, even something like Thor The Dark World. So what I wanted to do with this episode is very quickly go through everything. This is your this is your preparation episode or a prepisode. Huh? Huh? Anybody? Nobody. This is the prepisode for Infinity War. So just to catch everybody up, if you really haven't watched any of the other movies and you want to go in with some sort of expectations or some sort of, uh, at least I roughly know what's going on, I'm going to take you quickly through all of our favorite scenes from the uh, 18 movies preceding this. And then I'm going to review everybody's theories uh, that I asked them about at the end of every episode. So here we go. You start with Iron Man. I think the best action sequence, the sequence of him suiting up with the Mark III. Uh, it's finally finished. He's got it painted the way he wants it to be. And he's got flight perfected. And he flies to Gomira, which, if you remember, is Yinsen, the guy who helped him in the cave to escape the terrorists in Afghanistan. That's his hometown. It's being taken over by terrorists. And he saves the village. It's a very cool sequence. And it also leads right into the raptor uh, jets that chase him. And he is on the phone with Rhodey, pretending that he's not this weird thing, this bogey that, they've, that they're trying to track down and shoot down. Uh, I, think it, I think from the suit up to the chase scene, I think that's a pretty great sequence. In a quieter moment, I do love uh, Yinsen's uh, death scene, uh, telling Tony not to waste his life. And Robert Downey Jr., um, as we've said multiple times on this podcast, an actor who is who is exceptional. And I think because he's in a superhero movie, because he's in a superhero franchise, and because he gets to play this kind of snarky, kind of sarcastic character, he doesn't get enough credit sometimes for how good his acting truly is. Uh, in Incredible Hulk, obviously, I think the best scene is the big fight on campus um, between him and, and Thunderbolt Ross's uh, forces. Um, Blonsky, who's played by Tim Roth, has taken the the like the bastard version of the super serum, and uh, and so he fights. He has no fear. He fights Hulk, and at the end, Hulk <laughs> kicks him into a tree. It's an unexpectedly violent moment for uh, an already very violent and pretty visceral film and then in terms of the marvel cinematic universe which is you know has become a little bit disney-fied again in a quieter moment i also like leonard um who is played by ty burrell uh ty burrell has a little moment where he's talking to thunderbolt ross after that college campus fight and and thunderbolt ross is trying to find out where hulk and betty went to 
where they ran off to. They are now fugitives. He says, I'm only trying to help. And Leonard, who is a uh, like a therapist and a, a psychologist, says, I take it as a point of pride that I could tell when people are lying. And that's exactly what you're doing right now. I love that. Just this, just that character, the character, the other, kind of the other boyfriend, the the new love interest of the girl in these kinds of stories doesn't usually get a moment like that. And I'm very happy to see that it's kind of refreshing to see uh, Ty Burrell's character get such a kind of badass moment like that. He also says at the end of the conversation, he's as they're leaving, he says, you know, I always wondered why Betty doesn't talk to you, and now I understand. And it's like, boom! Yes! Uh, Iron Man 2, I think the suit up in the opening. I think you gotta watch that. Uh, the, the, it's the briefcase. Uh, it's pretty great. I think that's probably the best suit up for Iron Man. Uh, except for the one in the Avengers. I love the one in the Avengers when he's falling off of Stark Tower and uh, the suit catches him. I think that's a pretty cool one. Anyway, Iron Man 2, I think that's the best part. I also just like the scene of him discovering the secrets of the 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 Stark Expo uh, uh, diorama. It's not a diorama. What is that? It's the, the you know, the 3D model. The model of, of Stark Expo. And he finds the new element in it. I really like that sequence, and he has a little moment at the end. And he says, yeah, he's been, he's dead, and he still teaches me things. I, I think that's really great, and I think that reminds you of the heart of the story of Tony in particular. Uh, in Thor, I think you gotta, for, for its Shakespearean high drama, you gotta watch Odin banishing Thor to Earth. Uh, he, they have a, they have some great lines that they yell at each other. There's a moment, I think we talked about it when Gracie and I were talking about it on the podcast. Thor is being banished. Loki tries to interject on his behalf and Odin kind of tells him no, but he doesn't really say no. It's more like a nah. And it's like a weird, like Shakespearean sound. There's a lot of those in, in, in his plays. And I love that. Um, and we also talked about this one in uh, the scene where Loki visits Thor on Earth after he's been banished. Um, and he tells him he can't ever come back. And Thor accepts it. And he even apologizes to Loki for, for his attitude and for his brashness. And it's a, it's a nice, neat little transformation moment for him. And I think that gets lost in kind of a, a, a sweeping movie. Uh, Captain America the First Avenger, I'll give you the three best moments that I think sum up the character for me. It's all, They're all in the early training sort of montage, but but they tell the, the squadron of, of trainees that uh, nobody can climb up this flagpole, nobody's ever been able to retrieve this flag, and Cap uh, pulls out the, the bolt holding the pole upright. And the pole drops, he grabs the flag, and he gets a free ride back to the barracks. I think that's Cap thinking outside of the box. I think he's a strategist, ultimately. And so I, I like that. I like a very simple showcase of that. And then also in the training montage, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and Stanley Tucci are talking about, you know, why did we, why did you make me, Tommy Lee Jones is saying, why did you make me enlist this? 90 pound asthmatic, I think he calls him. 
and he's trying to tell him, you know, look at these other people. They're built to be soldiers. And Stanley Tucci's like, I don't want a soldier. I want a, a kind person. Tommy Lee Jones says, you know, you don't win a war by kindness. He throws a grenade into the group of people that are training. All the other trainer, all the other trainees run away. They run away and hide. They find shelter. And Steve, still the 90-pound asthmatic, jumps on top of the grenade. And I think that's the perfect distillation of that character. And then finally, he has a, he has a similar scene to Tony um, with Yinsen in his movie, Erskine. Uh, Stanley Tucci's character tells him the night before they're about to inject him with the super serum, you know, you are the perfect uh, person, the perfect candidate for this because you know what weakness is. And somebody who has never known weakness loses their respect for strength. But you will never lose your respect for it because you know what it is to be weak. And you also have to remain the same person because you are a good man. And again, I I think that's just an incredibly uh, perfect distillation of the character. Um, Again, another arc that you see uh, come to fruition throughout these movies. Uh, The Avengers... You know the final battle in New York is is pretty great. If you watch it from from that from the beginning of that when the the Chitari the aliens kind of come out of their portal uh, right to the end, it's a pretty great battle. I think uh, what's come up a lot in this podcast and also just discussions in life is that the third act fight scene is usually a little bit disappointing for one reason or another. And I actually think the Avengers Battle of New York is one of the ones that delivers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Iron Man 3. I'm going to go with the Mand- the Mandarin's reveal scene. Uh, ben Kingsley, <laughs> um, despite my other issues with the Mandarin character use in Iron Man 3, the reveal of it the reveal by itself that he is an actor and that Ben and Ben Kingsley plays him as like su- uh, uh, such a doofus is pretty great and so unexpected and, and nobody figured it out. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a great um, I think that's a great testament to how good that moment is. Uh, my favorite scene in Thor: The Dark World. I know there's not a whole lot to choose from, but I really enjoy when they are flying the skiff into uh into the portal to transport them to the elves uh, abandoned homeworld and loki's piloting the thing uh they are flying into the tunnel thor's like loki we're about to fly into a mountain and loki goes if it were easy everybody would do it and it kind of goes through a false you know like a fake wall and it's a very narrow tunnel so it's just like skidding by it's skidding and then it cuts to the uh elf world and then you see the you see the ship crash through the portal, and as it like skids across the ground, you just hear Loki go "ta da!" And I don't know, <laughs> I think that's great. Also, in a quieter moment, uh, AJ brought it up during the Dark World, but the the one of the best acting moments also is Thor goes and visits Loki down in the prison, and Loki's standing right there, right at the right at the window. Um, very Hannibal Lecter style. Uh, and he's like, oh, brother, come to grace me with your presence. You know, the very, it's my Tom Hiddleston, by the way. It's a pretty good Tom Hiddleston. And, uh, and, and Thor says, you know, drop it. You can drop it, Loki. And it, it fades away. 
the you see the illusion fade away and his room is trashed and he's sitting in the corner and he's sad and I, I think it it suggests to me a backstory where Loki and his mom uh, Frigg had a very uh, much more solid relationship than we saw uh, it was far less fraught than him and Th- and, and, and Odin uh, Winter Soldier, um, uh, the best fight sequence is, is him, is Winter Soldier and Black Widow, the cat and mouse fight um, that leads into the Cap versus Bucky fight. And of course, the reveal that Winter Soldier is Bucky is great. And it's a, an amazing payoff. It's one of the better slow burns in the Marvel Universe so far. And of course, the elevator fight scene. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just such a great fight. I, I love that Cap asks them, you know, before we begin, is anybody, was, does anybody want to get off the elevator first? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I, my favorite sequence is the prison escape. I think it really brings out everybody's character really well. I like that. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, I like the vision chamber retrieval scene. And then that leads into the train uh, rescue sequence. Uh, Ant-Man. The train fight scene in the finale is uh, just the best. I think it's got the best sight gags. It is cut together really well. It's an epic subversion of a train fight. Very well done. Very funny. Very cinematic. Uh, I like that sequence a lot. Captain America Civil War. I like the airport fight. Uh, I'll highlight two exchanges in particular that I really like. Black Panther and Clint. When Clint introduces himself... And Black Panther just says, I don't care. I love that. And Spidey and Cap, I think that's the best. I saw I saw it here in New York, and it got a it got a cheer from the audience, you know, when they when they meet. Uh Doctor Strange, um, we talked about it on Tessa's episode. The the ancient one, played by Tilda Swinton, her death scene is is fantastic. I love it. And her her final line is wonderful. You think I'd be more prepared? You think I'd be more ready for this? But here I am, stretching out a moment, stretching out the last moment to just watch the snow. I I love that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, again, a death scene. And it, it the the funeral, the, the Ravager's funeral for him at the end is is really beautiful. Um and and makes me just makes me cry. It made me cry. Made me really tear up. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming, we talked about on Hector's episode. It's the car scene. It's the best scene in anything. Um, I love it. Uh, Credit to Laura Harrier, who I don't think gets enough credit. You know, that's a very difficult thing for an actor. I don't think people really appreciate how hard it can be for an actor. It's one of the biggest challenges to not play to play a a character who doesn't know certain things so in this scene the character has to just be a teenager who doesn't know that her kind of potential boyfriend is spider-man and that her father is vulture and and so she has to play this scene where it's like oh it's just this awkward you know oh the boyfriend meeting the dad the dad being overprotective peter is always nervous you know, he's always a nervous wreck, so yeah, this is typical. But it, it really, it, it, not enough credit, I think, gets thrown her way for that. I think, it's, I think it's really great. And then, of course, Peter beautifully acted. He's 
trying so hard to just be a teenager and just be normal. But he knows, he knows already that Michael Keaton's character has caught on. That um, he's asking about Washington and he won't let the DC trip go. He keeps asking, keeps poking and prodding. And then, of course, the moment that Michael Keaton's character gets it, he's turned, the light's red, and then there's a pause, the light turns green. And you see Michael Keaton's face literally change into he's Spider-Man. It's great. Uh, for Thor Ragnarok, it's the elevator scene for me. Loki wanted one thing, Thor wanted another, and that those two things uh, never intertwined. They only came into conflict with each other. But Thor always had respect and love for Loki, and I don't think Loki ever really realized that. I'll, I'll tack on uh, Odin's death scene as well, because Loki has an amazing moment too. Odin says, I... I love you, my sons. And it cuts to Loki, just Loki, who's like, what? And he can't believe it after all that he's done, after all that he fucked up, and thinking that he did not have his father's love all this time, he really did. Um, and then Black Panther, guys, hands down the casino scene. Um, there's a lot of great scenes in, in that. Um, I also will put up the, the, um, the ancestral plane scene in Oakland between Michael B. Jordan and uh, and then and his father, uh, just the two of them. It's a very quiet, intimate moment, very similar to the car scene in Homecoming. That this this you know in the midst of this action and intensity, there is just this sad, awful, and heartbreaking scene between just two actors, you know, acting the shit out of it. Um, but I will also give props to the casino scene because it's well shot, it's well made, well choreographed, and it is fun. It is a great fight scene. Um, so yeah, so that's that. So you can find all of these on YouTube. And I think if you're not gonna watch the, if you don't have time, if you don't have time to watch all the movies, or if you don't wanna watch any of the movies and you just wanna watch a couple clips and get excited, get yourself excited, then I think those are the clips to watch. You can find them all on YouTube. Um, if I were to recommend five, like maybe five of the movies, you have time to watch five. Um, I'd probably say, I'd probably just go with my five favorite. I'd go with Iron Man. Uh, I'd go with Captain America Winter Soldier, because I think that sets up Hydra. That introduces you to uh, Falcon. It's a great showcase for Black Widow. Uh, and, uh, and then I'd go Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Black Panther. Um, I think those are the five that you should watch. And if you don't watch those ones, if you don't want to watch the solo ones, watch all the team-ups. Watch The Avengers. Um, watch Age of Ultron. Watch Captain America Civil War. And then, I guess, watch watch the first Guardians, at least. But watch watch that. Watch those four. And then, I guess, watch whichever uh, fifth one you want. Um, I'd, I'd go, again, either Ragnarok, because I think that sums up the Thor series so far. I think Black Panther is going to, you know, Black Panther and Wakanda are going to play a big role in it. So I think watch that one. So those would be roughly, you know, the five to watch, I think. Um, speaking of theories, uh, a review of everybody's so far. Gordy, uh, Gordy's uh, top of list was Black Widow. But at the time, they hadn't announced Black Widow uh, getting a movie. Although I do think it's going to be a prequel. I really do. Just some time before uh, the Avengers. 
I think the two theories that I have on that are that it it's her versus Winter Soldier, but I also think it should just be Budapest. I think it should be a younger Black Widow and a younger Hawkeye and S.H.I.E.L.D. sends them into Budapest. Captain America was also top of his list, was also top of Gordy's list, um, but he also thought that he might get revived, um, which would be like the start of the fourth movie, maybe. Uh, and then he also said Vision and Tony. And Emily uh, added on to that saying, I think Tony dies at his own wedding. That opens the movie. It's Tony and Pepper, and they both die at the wedding. Uh, Kayla said that it was most likely Cap and maybe Tony. Uh, Claire, <laughs> Claire had my favorite set of theories, which were Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen's characters break up. <laughs> Uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, joins the good guys, <laughs> and all the Guardians of the Galaxy die, because uh, she doesn't like those movies. So, there you go. Uh, Gracie uh, thinks it's Tony, uh, and some kid takes over. Keith thinks it's Cap, and Falcon takes over, which I really like. I, I, I don't personally like the idea of Bucky taking over Cap shield the captain america moniker i think what would be cool is falcon uh has the shield or tony has the shield and they give it to bucky who refuses it chris daly's uh theories were cap tony nebula and and he thinks drax although he i although chris said he i think he's more likely to fail at trying to kill thanos and then he manages to get away as well um, the the two that I also really liked that he said were that he would be interested in seeing Valkyrie become Thor, like taking over the Thor kind of role, uh, if Thor were to die, and um, and possibly introduce She-Hulk. Both he and Keith brought up She-Hulk a couple times. I think that would be cool. Uh, AJ said that it's Tony Stark uh, most likely, uh, and then probably Cap and definitely Vision. Because Vision's got the the stone in his head. Uh, Ryan Downs said Cap, very likely. Uh, Jeff Frank said that it's Tony, and he's very interested. And I like the way that Jeff said it was that he's very interested in the stories that they tell based on Tony's legacy. The people who remember him for his for his worst, and the people that remember him for his best, and how that affects it. And AJ kind of said something similar because Tony Stark dying would have a a, a huge impact on the Spider-Man sequels. And so that is a very interesting storytelling element to it. Uh, Jeff said also a couple of the more minor characters are, are very likely. He brought up specifically Everett Ross, which is Martin Freeman's character, um, and likely one of the Guardians, most likely Drax, possibly Gamora or Nebula. Uh, John Raines said Tony. Uh, David Butler said Black Widow as well. Brendan said Cap. Meredith wants everyone to die except, as she puts it, Spider-Boy and Panther-Man. And then they live together in a, in a sitcom situation. Uh, and Catherine wanted a really red wedding kind of thing. So kind of similar to uh, Emily's theory, we open on Pepper and Tony's wedding. And that's when Thanos attacks. Uh, Chrissy Lenz said Tony. And Gordy, uh, during the Civil War episode, also brought up the idea that Loki was going to die. Uh, he's about to kill Thor. Loki bargains with him by giving up the Tesseract. And what Gordy said is that I think Loki becomes the POV character 
uh, for Thanos' scenes within the movie. Um, I think what's more likely is that Loki gives him the Tesseract and Thanos kills him for it. Uh, Tessa had an interesting one where Thanos brings back, revives all the enemies of the previous movies, uh, like Dormammu, uh, to battle the Avengers again. And she said that most likely it's Tony who's going to die. Uh, Zack says it's either Iron Man or Cap, but uh, he had one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite kind of subtle ones that could, I think is going to happen is uh, someone makes a reference that Cap understands, but Star-Lord doesn't. Uh, both of those characters have had, you know, pop culture references go over their heads. And that's been a point, a big point of their character throughout the throughout their respective movies. So I think that's a good way to bring them together. Uh, Jay's expectations are so all over the place. He doesn't know what to expect. And that's a great way to go into the movie. And he brought up specifically as an example that he was like, I think even like Spider-Man could die and, some, and something unexpected like that could happen. And who knows? Nothing is off the table because I recorded these out of out of order uh, just for everybody's scheduling. But uh, Rich was the first one who brought up this theory on the podcast uh, when we were recording, was that the finger snap, because uh, in the trailer, Gamora talks about how if he has all the stones, he can snap his fingers and half of the universe blinks out of existence. And Rich said, I think that's how the first movie ends. And Hector and I talk about that again in the in his episode. Um, the the finger snap could end the movie. If not that, then uh, Hector said most likely Captain America's death. Um, although I did like his alternate idea where Cap manages to live through it and he kind of gets to retire, become a background character. Um, becomes the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., like the new S.H.I.E.L.D., and is not ever really seen again, but we hear about him. We hear, oh yeah, Steve's doing, Steve's doing well. He's married to Sharon now. You know, I like that. I like both of, I like both the idea of those two characters never really going away, but kind of getting to retire well. Um, Cap, and then my theory is that uh, Tony, if he dies, then A, I think Shuri, uh, Black Panther's sister, Played by Letitia Wright, I think she takes over um, as Iron Man. Um, but also, uh, I think he has downloaded his consciousness and voice and everything like that to an AI similar to Jarvis and Karen and Friday. And I think he just becomes the new AI of the next Iron Man. But those two, I think, remain a presence just not a constant one and not necessarily a, vi a, a, a visual one. And I think that's interesting. So everybody's list, top of the list, is Cap and, and, and Tony. Um, and it makes sense. You know, their arcs are very complete. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. Uh, especially this rewatch has really invested me in these characters and has really allowed me to see... Uh, a lot of the good I'm, I'm much more willing to and I think also it's just because I'm older and I've gotten exhausted by our very uh, our very over analytical and overly critical uh, world uh, mostly on the internet where you know people just tear everything apart and they like to judge everything before we've really experienced it and really had time to 
take it in and appreciate it. I think there's more to enjoy about these than uh, there isn't. And so I, I wanted to emphasize that. I wanted to celebrate that uh, because I think it's important. I think sometimes we lose sight of uh, how a few years ago we didn't have any any comic book adaptations because we liked something that was a little bit weird and a little bit different and we were ostracized or bullied and uh, or or less extreme we were socially awkward and and not able to relate to our peers but we found something relatable and something attainable in comic books comics became more mainstream and became a big source of joy and enjoyment for not just me and for fellow comic book readers like me it became something for everybody you know these are our these are our, our stories they are told over and over again not just in our movies and comic books but in our video games plays uh books you know these these stories are are universal they're mythological um they are at the end of the day about people who choose to do good and who choose love who choose to make the world a better place, um, not just for themselves, but for other people. So at the end of it, I think for us to only focus on the negatives of that and how every everything wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be, or we judge something on everything that it isn't, I think that sucks. And I think that is ultimately antithetical to what comic books were supposed to teach us in the first place. So I think I, I think that's just become the kind of the the central theme of this. And if I were to continue with a podcast after this and 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 decide, you know figure out what that was going to be, it it has to be something along those lines because I really do believe in things like this, in the stories and the impact. What I want the basic message to be of that whole thing is that you go and you enjoy the things that you want to enjoy and love it. And, and try and find something to enjoy about it on its own merit, not on what you wish it was. Um, for all I know, all of these theories of Infinity War could be wrong. I don't have any real expectations for what it's going to be. I'm going to enjoy it as, a, as its own movie, not what I think these theories are going to make it. If all of these theories turn out to be wrong, everybody lives, everybody's fine, it's a funny-ass movie, uh, they fight Thanos all together, they all shoot him, you know, with hand cannons, you know, all at once, whatever. Could be that, and if it's a good movie, and if it's fun and, and, and an adventure, then great, who cares? Who cares if I didn't get all of these other things that we'd been talking about, because it was good on its own terms. So, that's what I'm saying. Go out, do what you love, see and enjoy what you love. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let people bring you down. And uh, and enjoy Infinity War, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. I'll have a quick reaction episode to it, and then that'll be it. Um, and then, like I said, maybe this podcast comes back as something else. We'll see. Anyway, I'm David Armstrong. Enjoy Infinity War. <laughs>